0: I am Gertrude filled of and you are listening to ADL live yo hi
1: right, let's, let's go let's go
2: Hi everybody. On behalf of the Southeast ADA Center, the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University and the ADA National Network, I want to welcome you to ADA Live. I'm Barry Whaley. I'm director of the Southeast ADA Center. As a reminder, listening audience, if you have questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act, you can use our online form anytime at adalive.org or you can call the Southeast ADA Center at 404. 404- 541-9001. And remember those calls are always free and they're confidential. Each year, the United Nations recognizes December 3rd as the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. This year's theme is United in Action to Rescue and Achieve the Sustainable Development Goals for, with, and by people with disabilities. And we are so very honored to have as our guest today, Gertrude or Getty, Ofariwa Fefomi, Getty is the chair of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, or the CRPD, which sets out the fundamental human rights of people with disabilities all over the world. Getty also works as the Global Advocacy Manager for Social Inclusion for Sight Savers, a global nonprofit organization that works in more than 30 countries to prevent blindness and fight for the rights of people with disabilities. In this episode, we'll discuss the work and the mission of the United Nations CRPD and highlight some of the important issues facing people with disabilities around the world. We're happy to have as our host today the chairman of the Burton Blatt Institute, Dr. Peter Blank. And Peter, I'll turn the program over to you. Thank you, Barry and Getty, if I may. It's
1: quite an honor to be with you. Your work is touching so many millions of lives around the world. To begin with, Getty, Perhaps tell us a little bit about your background, your disability and your career history.
0: Thank you, Peter. So Getty comes from Ghana, a country in West Africa. And I am a person with visual impairments, in fact, totally blind. As a growing child in a district community in Ghana, after being enrolled in school to age 10, I realized I couldn't read from the blackboard. It immediately took intervention from the health specialist checkup and I was given reading glasses. And by age 14, I couldn't use it any again, and remained in mainstream school without Adequate support because Ghana didn't have inclusive education at that point. Fast forward, after secondary school, all level, I had to enroll at a segregated residential school for the blind. And as if the stigma and discrimination I faced from my teachers and some friends at the secondary school was not enough. I really experienced social burial with some encounter that almost made me feel like ending my life. But I had an intervention with another visually impaired person who wasn't at the school. She was in a teacher's training college and that changed my attitude. That told me I had a future. That introduced me to the organization of persons with disabilities from the blind And that made me know that the role of persons with disabilities in the lives of others is important. That is how I moved on with my educational career, moved on to be a professional teacher, and then moved into development as I have done so much volunteering for the organizations of persons with disabilities in Ghana and Africa. So in 2006, I joined Sightsavers after leaving a development agency uh, for the Well Blind Union. And this is where I have been. And so I have risen through the ranks of different career responsibilities and now a global advocacy manager. I'm married with three daughters.
1: Thank you, Getty. As our listeners may know, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, which is abbreviated as the UN CRPD or the CRPD, is an international human rights law that sets out fundamental human rights of people with disabilities. Tell us a little bit about the UN CRPD and what your role is with them.
0: Thank you, Peter. The Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, CRPD, It's the first treaty that is in place to protect and promote the rights of persons with disabilities worldwide. It encompasses the already existing treaties, including that for children and women, and recognizes that of the civil and political rights as well. And at the moment, the treaty has been ratified by 188 countries. It has a committee that monitors the implementation of the treaty. The committee is made up of 18 members elected from anywhere from the world as experts, be persons with disabilities, and some not persons with disabilities. I joined this committee in 2018 after losing an election in 2016 and got re-elected in 2022 and was elected the chair of the committee on the 6th of March, 2022. As the chair, with leading with a bureau. It also has a secretariat and my committee members working and interacting with other treaty bodies, the entire um, human rights commission and organizations of persons with disabilities, allies and other civil society organizations. We work towards the monitoring by engaging states the convention also has an optional protocol which allows submission of communication by individuals and it goes through a critical criteria because you should have exhausted all national opportunities before it will be admitted into the committee's work as a communication. And as when necessary, we also conduct inquiries.
1: Are there differences or similarities between our Americans with Disabilities Act and the UN CRPD?
2: Oh,
0: yes and no, I would say. So fundamentally, and as you know, even more than I do, the Americans with Disability Act is long lived and it's been a model for many national legislations on disability. And even part of it as at the CRPD as well. It is a very strong anti-legislative instrument and um, that is very healthy and helpful. The CRPD mirrors some of the areas but it also enlarges and broadens and emphasizes the areas of substantive observations of equality, giving opportunities arise for states to introduce things like affirmative action. The CRPD is also less on the impairment. It broadens out the scope of what disability could be and concentrates on the social barriers that impede on the equalization of opportunities of persons with disabilities so because there's so much mirror i i really and not only me most of us on the committee wonder why america has not ratified the CRPD, because it is in line. Of course, we understand that it's not only the CRPD that um, America hasn't ratified, but now that the CRPD is getting into universal ratification, how great it would be if we get America ratifying! Yes, we look forward to that. And together, I think we can get there.
1: Well, many of us share your sentiment What are the challenges you face as chair and generally by the UN CRPD today?
0: Hmm. Good question. The CRPD, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, has been ratified by 180 state parties. It's set to be the fastest growing treaty or convention. And... Although we have some delays in some submission of initial reports, there's quite a reasonable submission of reports, but we have a great backlog. We have over 43 initial reports that we haven't been able to review and I think 29 periodic ones. This is mainly because we have grown in number as a a state party since 2014, but our meeting times haven't changed. We have a maximum of two sessions of seven weeks, and no matter how hard we work, we are not able to pull together enough time we would have required a third session like other treaty bodies who have reached that level of ratification. But we haven't gotten that yet. We are working on it. We are engaging with the Office of the Human Rights Commission and all who need to be involved. And hopefully, there may be some consideration going forward. So what do you think are the major
1: achievements of the UNCRPD to date?
0: The other part is how would challenge we face is effective and meaningful participation of persons with disabilities, not into our work, but not sufficiently involved into other treaty bodies' work, and also mainstreaming of disability. So disability is not yet sufficiently a cross-cutting phenomenon within many of the treaty bodies. We are working on that. We are creating closer relationship with the Committee on the Rights of the Child, Committee on the Rights of the Elimination of All Discrimination, against women, the committee against torture, and we will continue to build this collaboration. And we are also raising discussion with the human rights commissioner and the entire human rights office. Coming to the question of what we have achieved, that we have 188 ratification is great. We also have had about half of the state dialogues with maximum participation of states and also meaningful participation of organizations of persons with disabilities to a reasonable extent. We have been able to develop eight general comments from accessibility through to work and employment. And these general comments Elaborate and explains the articles of the Convention to be user-friendly to states and to civil society organizations, including organizations of persons with disabilities. At the moment, we are on the ninth general comment, which is on Article 11 of the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities on situation of risk in humanitarian emergencies. We have also been able to build some collaboration, as I said earlier, with some of the treaty bodies, particularly that of the children and women. And to the extent that we have been successful in issuing combined statements relevant to children with disabilities and women and girls with disabilities with these treaty bodies. We have also been able to develop guidelines on deinstitutionalization. We did observe during the COVID 19 issues that many persons with disabilities really were disadvantaged, particularly those who are in institutions. And so the issue of deinstitutionalization has been intensified, we have a guideline and we are raising awareness and engaging state parties and all others to join in ensuring that we dismantle institutions. It is not the best. Persons with disabilities need to live in their community and choose where they wish to live. What do you hope
1: to achieve by the end of your term in 2026 as chairperson?
0: I might end up repeating some of the things I've said earlier because they are important. Strengthening collaboration with other treaty bodies towards mainstreaming of disability issues within the treaty body's work. I also look at a strengthening relationship between Geneva and New York. So, for example, the sustainable development goals you and I know cannot be achieved at a pace where persons with disabilities have been left behind. And most of the discussions are in New York, in New York with different facets including the team of the Conference of State Parties, the team that works on the park, the team that works on the Summit for the Future. And so I'm taking the time to engage the different facets, also letting some of my committee members and the bureau help in this engagement. We are looking to ensuring that what has been achieved on disability within the declaration that took place in September will just be the beginning and will grow it. Would also grow to the extent that disability becomes more integrated And included would be the best word within the work in New York. And the human rights arena should be seen as the second side of the coin of development, so that the human rights observance and the sustainable development goals go hand in hand. And these are some of the things I wish to achieve, including improving the participation of persons with disabilities within the human rights initiatives. Thank
1: you, Getty, for this great information. I wanna remind our listening audience, ADA Live, if you have questions about this topic or any other ADA Live topics, you can submit your questions online at www.adalive.org or call the Southeast ADA Center at 404-541-9001. And now a word from this episode's sponsor, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. The Convention of the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, CRPD, is an international human rights treaty of the United Nations intended to protect the rights and dignity of persons with disabilities parties to the convention are required to promote protect and ensure the full enjoyment of human rights by persons with disabilities and ensure that persons with disabilities enjoy full equality under the law the convention serves as a major catalyst in the global disability rights movement enabling a shift from viewing persons with disabilities as objects of charity medical treatment and social protection towards viewing them as full and equal members of society with human rights. The convention was the first U.N. human rights treaty of the 21st century. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Peter Blank, chairman of the Burton Blatt Institute. Our guest is Getty, chair of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disability, who also works for an organization called Sight Savers as their global advocacy manager, for social inclusion. Tell us a little bit about what Sight Savers does, Getty, please.
0: Sight Savers is an international development organization who works in over 30 countries in lower and middle income groups. We work towards prevention of avoidable blindness treatment and elimination of neglected tropical diseases and fights for the promotion and equalization of opportunities for persons with disabilities. Site servers is very interested in the work that I do, not only with the direct but also considers the work on at the CRPD level as an important role of service Before my election, when there was almost no woman, there was actually only one woman left on the committee on the rights of persons with disabilities. SightSavers worked with me and other allies, an equal world campaign, ensuring that women are elected onto the committee. And I'll come back at this stage to say that one of the achievements of the committee is attaining gender parity. And we'll take this opportunity to say that it is my hope and wish that we maintain this. So the 2024 election is just at the corner and we are working with all hands on deck and using this opportunity to let all others know that we should not step back on the participation of women on the committee. And for that matter, the participation of women and girls are their rightful places in development and the human rights arena.
1: So this is something you hope to see continue beyond your tenure as chair of the CRPD. What other future aspirations do you have for the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities?
0: Yes, that the political will of states will be heightened so that the protection and promotion of rights of persons with disabilities will really be attained there's quite a level of lip service and the journey is slow, although we've attained some level, but it is too slow, too slow from the growing majority of persons with disabilities. Let us, for instance, reflect on the SDGs as I just said earlier. Let us reflect on the Risk the UN risk survey for the midterm. We haven't come far as persons with disabilities for the observance of our inclusion in the risk reduction strategy at all. And our accessibility issues and reasonable accommodation has still a long way to go. Adding to some of the things I've said earlier, these are some of the future aspirations I have that the CRPD committee will continue to grow, build stronger relationship with states, get higher commitment of states, state using the general comments we have provided and use them so that the rights of persons with disabilities will be better promoted and protected, and ableism will be reduced.
1: So that's clearly an important message you have for governments around the world. What do you think they should do beyond this?
0: To implement their local processes and structures on disability inclusion. Because when they don't do that, Society loses out, and when society loses out, the plans and efforts of all kinds from work and unemployment, education, health, equity, name them, all become reduced, if not a failure. So what I hope that states would do is to be more attentive and more particular to inclusion of persons with disabilities including women and girls with disabilities and ensuring meaningful participation of organizations that represent voices of persons with disabilities and also be more ready to report and report in a more quality and accurate way to the CRPD committee. And together with all allies, donor partners, and organizations of persons with disabilities and individuals with disabilities, build a better future for all.
1: Thank you for this great information you shared with our listeners today about the important work that you do to improve the lives of persons with disabilities around the world. Would you like to leave our listeners with any final comments or any thoughts to share?
0: I want to say that we have seen considerable effort by state parties in this time. However, progress remains to be made. We are not where we need to be. And therefore, I and the Committee on Persons with Disabilities call on state parties to reinforce their anti-discrimination frameworks, to develop community-based, inclusive, and accessible services so that we can better address violence, exploitation, and abuse against persons with disabilities. And also to ensure that persons with disabilities are heard through meaningful consultation and their active involvement in decision-making. We are at a critical juncture to ensure that persons with disabilities are not left behind in development. The summit of the future represents a unique opportunity and to that end, it creates an opportunity for transformative, as a related and disability-inclusive action. We can't lose this. I think together we can achieve.
1: Thank you, Getty. With leadership like yours conveying, I think we will achieve. And I think the movement to improve the lives of people with disabilities around the world will continue to evolve positively. I wanna thank you very much for your time. And it's really been an honor to speak with you, even briefly today. I'll
2: turn it back to Barry. For the closing. Thank you, Peter. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Getty, thank you for being with us today. I am in the most enviable position of wishing the chair of the CRPD a happy uh, International Day of People with Disabilities Day for on December 3rd, and I wish you every success when the state's parties convenes again next June. Listeners, you can find a recording of this podcast on our website, adalive.org along with useful resources to learn more about the disability rights work of the United Nations and to celebrate December 3rd as the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. You can access more ADA Live episodes with archived audio, accessible transcripts and resources on our website, adalive.org. Remember, you can listen to ADA Live on the SoundCloud channel. Just search for SoundCloud forward slash ADA Live. Download ADA Live to your mobile device on your podcast app by searching for ADA Live. If you have questions about the Americans with Disabilities Act, again, you can use our online form at adalive.org or contact your regional ADA center at 1-800-949-4232. And those calls are always free and confidential. ADA Live is a program of the Southeast ADA Center The Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University, and is a collaboration with the Disability Inclusive Employment Policy Rehabilitation Research and Training Center. Our producer is Celestia Razda with Sheree Hoffman, Mary Mortar, Marcia Schwanke, Chase Coleman, and me, I'm Barry Whaley. Our music is from Four Wheel City, The Movement for Improvement. We also invite you to tune in to our companion podcast, Disability Rights Today, for in-depth discussion on important court cases that shape disability rights and the Americans with Disabilities Act. You can learn more at disabilityrightstoday.org. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next episode.